Neil Brown just has that it factor, I believe. He's like, called into the program. Everybody in the Big 12 is going to know his name, and all the quarterbacks are going to feel his pain. That underdog so, mentality has always been big for West Virginia. We're just heartbroken that we were not good at our jobs. He is the modern-day Don Nealon. Trust the climb. And now it's time for the Country Roads Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into the Kansas State Reaction Edition of the Country Roads Webcast. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz, joined by my co-host, Stephen. What's up, everybody? And our other co-host, Bradley. How's it going? All right, so West Virginia Falls to Kansas State, uh, 34 to 17, dropped to four and six on the season, and uh, funny enough, I know we, uh, we didn't get to have a preview show, but I crazy because I was going to pick a 34 to 17 Kansas State win. So that's crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> good, right? <laughs> yeah, no, but in, in all seriousness, uh, West Virginia had chances in this game, especially you know I think that first quarter. You know, I put on Twitter the first quarter really made a difference in this game. You know, it ended up being a 14-point game, and West Virginia essentially gave away, you know, 14 points in that uh, first quarter. Also, that a touchdown probably on their second play to Winston Wright ends up as interception. Flea Flicker uh, perfectly drawn up. Daggy underthrows it. Wheaton can't come down with the two. Uh, Kansas State ends up getting a block punt for the, you know, other 14, other seven of the 14 there. So, uh, West Virginia put themselves in a hole early, tried to come back late. By that time, a little too late. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on this game? And I guess the season as a whole to this point, uh, what are you thinking, Bradley? So, I, I said I was going to do some ranting, so I, I'm a little ready to do some ranting here. So, this game is – it just seems like we keep finding every single way in the book to lose. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on here. And, you know, watching the game, I wasn't that mad about it because, you know, it is what it is. I, I went into this game thinking that we were going to lose to Kansas State by at least – touchdown or two you know so I wasn't surprised by the score but what kills me is watching Neil Brown's post-game conference and I want to be very clear I'm still in on Neil Brown I'm still trusting the climb I still think that we've got a future ahead of us I mean this is I think this is a six-year rebuild and I think that you know people are really trying to rush this but what's really starting to bother me is how I keep hearing every weekend after the games because that's the first thing I do is I wait for that Neil Brown to come out and tell me what happened and I'm getting tired of hearing every single weekend about, you know, the margin of error is just so small. And, you know, we just come out, we make mistakes, and that's what costs us the game. But we continually come out every single week and look sloppy, and we look so undisciplined, and we look like we're not ready to step in there and play a football game. And when we look good, we look pretty damn good. But when we go out there, we look bad sometimes. And it's just absolutely embarrassing sometimes. And it's really frustrating that I keep hearing – you know, oh, well, you know, we make a couple of mistakes here. Like, oh, it's just this fluke stuff. But it's like we keep coming out here every single every single week, it seems like. And the same stuff just keeps happening. We just keep making the same stupid mistakes. If it's not – we only had two penalties this game, I think you said. We had very few penalties this game. But then we turn around and, you know, force turnovers. And the first one, sure, off of Winston Wright's hands, whatever. The second interception is really bad. The fumble, really bad. Uh, the blocked punt, missed assignments. But that's what we keep hearing is missed assignments. Oh, this happened, this miscommunication, this happened, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I can't help but think that all of this has to keep coming back on the coaches now. And that's really frustrating for coming from a man that, you know, I, I love Neil Brown and I've loved his staff, but to turn around and keep giving me the same product every single week and expecting a different result is really frustrating. And, I mean, like sometimes it comes out and it works, but a lot of times, I mean, six times this year we've put it out there and it hasn't worked. 
you know, and that's so frustrating to sit here and watch and just see no changes happen. And now we're getting even thinner on our defensive side. Our defense keeps on getting hurt because they've had to absolutely carry the load of our team this whole year. And yep. they're starting to pay the, the the price for it. I mean, you got Lance Dixon out. We're on our the skin of our teeth back there in the defensive backs. And it's like, at what point in time do you see like some changes happen somewhere, some somehow? And I want to look at the offensive side and be like, oh, it's just youth. And I've said plenty of times that our offensive line is like so young. But we're also returning three offensive linemen that played decent amount of time last year. We're returning every single one of our wide receivers from last year. We're returning our starting quarterback and we're starting a running back that rushed for over a thousand yards last year. So I don't understand how we can take such a huge step back on offense. It just makes no sense in my mind how we can turn around and just put out such a sorry product every single week. And that's one of the things I think has just got to come back on Neil Brown and his staff. I still believe in them. I think that they'll get the ship right, uh, right in. I think a lot of it has to do with just he doesn't have the right personnel in there that he wants yet. But at this point in time, I can't help but be frustrated that week in and week out, we just see absolutely nothing on the offensive side outside of we'll have two possessions where our offense actually looks redeemable. And then outside of that, it's just laughable. And it's so upsetting just to sit there and watch it sometimes. That's how I felt about it. No, I agree. It's it's one of those games. I think it was to a point where, um, you know, they're in the third quarter early. West Virginia was down 24-3 to a week after they had just lost 24-3. to And I'm like, two quarters of some change later, and they're down 24-3 to again. It's not the bounce back I was hoping to see. You know, they finally, you know, started to put together a little bit there later in that third quarter and, you know, got it to give themselves a chance up until that fourth down conversion by Kansas State. But I agree, it's definitely something that's not acceptable. And, you know, like you said, I think it's a five-year rebuild or so also. But still, you can't put out that product on the field, you know, uh, time and time again, especially when you're trying to tell people trust the climb and everything like that. I still have faith in Neil Brown and stuff, but definitely it's unacceptable and you want to be able to fight and be in games closer than that. So I definitely feel you right there. I'm right there with you. Uh, Steven, what about you? Um, opening thoughts in regards to this loss and I guess the season as a whole, because, you know, just I, all three of us, I know we're really optimistic in the, in the preseason going in. And so I think it's something that a lot of uh, Mountaineer Nation was because of what the coaching staff was telling us. So, uh, this has just been really, to me, I think been a disappointing season just because of what we thought we were going to be versus uh, what we've kind of ended up being here fighting for our, our bowl eligibility lives in our final two games. But, Stephen, just kind of get your thoughts on that season as a whole and then, you know, this loss to Kansas State. Uh, yeah, I just think that there is uh, obvious changes that need to be made. Um, whether I, you know, where that those changes lie, you know, that's that's my question. I think it's pretty obvious that this season in a whole is a disappointment because we're going to finish at best 500 going forward. And that's not a positive in any way for where we're at, even, you know, to this point with this coaching staff. And I think they've made that a, a very strong point in the preseason, as well as the fan base has made, you know, it, I, I get, it, you know, it is a five-year rebuild. And I understand that. But during that rebuild, you're not supposed to be going on a decline, you know, going 500 this year. Or as Fletch would say, below five hundred. That five and seven he's been preaching would be. I'm gonna hate it if we end up five be, and seven just because of that. Yeah, would would be a uh, you know a fallback. So I I don't know where West Virginia stands to to be quite honest with you because we we seem to be getting worse and worse each each week into this season, and I keep waiting for you know what I've said is the offensive spark to happen. It hasn't happened yet. It happened you know what I thought I thought it happened in the Iowa State game. I, I think to to be honest with you that, that was more of a an off week for Iowa State more than a you know a coming 
a coming two week for West Virginia. And the defense, as well as they were playing in the early part of the season, I you know, we could use the excuse that they're gassed, but you you can't get gassed on good football teams going, you know, this deep into the season. And I don't care what kind of injuries you have, those are excuses. I've I've said that a lot. You have to have depth. That that comes back onto the coaches. And right now West Virginia is they're in a they're in a really dangerous spot in my opinion going forward because we haven't been competitive in what I would say five games this season. How do you not be competitive in five games in the Big Twelve Conference? How does how do you let Wyatt Milan, who is an offensive lineman, have more rushing yards than than Tony Mathis, who's your backup running back? They had the same amount. They both had three yards rushing that day. Yeah. 77 yeah. as a whole as an offense. Okay. Yep, and I thought we were going to get to 100. We started off good early in the first that quarter. I was like, okay, we might get to 100 and uh, never made it there. I think, you know, uh, Letty ended up with a pretty good day. I think he had 88, what, 85 or something like that. But uh, with Daggy Sacks and past. stuff, yeah, yeah he had, Letty had a good day. With quite a, uh, but with Daggy Sacks, I think took it down to 77, like Steven said. So under 100. So, you know, that, that, that number's still there, the 100 rushing yards. Uh, for uh, Neil Brown on this team. Um, didn't get it. Another loss. When they get it, they've won. Um, I don't know. That's pretty much just kind of where it's at right now. Uh, defense been carrying it. Offense has been uh, struggling, to say the least. So, uh, I guess let's let's put our coaching hat on. How would you guys fix it moving forward, whether it's in this final two games for this offense or even looking ahead into the offseason, what needs to change? We're all still believing in Neil Brown, still trusting the climb here overall because we know it's a five-year rebuild, but – I think we all agree something has to change. So uh, put your coaching hat on or maybe even your athletic director hat on. What needs to change moving forward, do you think, Stephen? Uh, I think first and foremost, I, you know, I think it's pretty obvious we need a quarterback change. I don't care about what relationships that Coach Brown or anybody may have with anybody on the offense or defense or anybody in, on the team as a whole. I think you know we have not seen Jared Deggie produce as well as a D1 quarterback should produce. I mean, you could make excuses for him and say, oh, that one pick up went off Winston Wright's hand or that pick went off of this guy's hand or the offensive line isn't breaking, you know, give, giving him enough time to break down in the pocket. Excuses, man. Okay, we, we can, we can, you know, fix those problems moving forward. But Jared Deggy is has not proven himself as a quarterback. And week in and week out, he proves – I hate to say this, but he proves to be a loser, and he's proved me wrong because I was on the Jared Deggy train for such a long time. I think moving forward, whether it be Garrett Green or Will Crowder, if Garrett Green's hurt, I think we need to move on. I think that's the first and foremost change that we need to to make. And, you know, these transfers that are coming out of West Virginia, you know, they're not coincidences. And I get that's part of the game today. You're going to see transfers every single year, and there's going to be transfers at this part of the year that leave your football program. But these are players that were supposed to play next year. They were supposed to fill those voids that we were, you know, losing on our offense and our defense. And we're, you know, and Daryl Middleton and Sam, uh, Sam Brown, those are two games, two guys that we have talked about a lot. So, I mean, that, that is a glaring problem for me. So I'm still like, like you guys say, I'm still on the Neil Brown. I'm still on that bandwagon, but, I will tell you what, guys, if we lose one or two more games in a non-competitive fashion, I don't know how long I can ride that train. 
I know. I mean, it's getting it's getting to that point. This fourth season is looking really important, and that's what's making me nervous because I think moving forward, I think one of, as you said, the biggest issue looks like quarterback. And though you may have an answer to that in Nico or Goose, two guys that have really high potential, either way, next year in his fourth year that really needs to be a big year, he's going to be putting in the hands of a first-time starter one way or the other, whether it's a true freshman in Nico, a redshirt freshman in Goose, or, or uh, Garrett Green, who's played some snaps but you know hasn't really started, or even if he brings in somebody from the transfer portal, it's it's going to be putting a lot on whoever you had at quarterback next season, and Neil Brown's going to have to really have a show-me season next season. And I think a lot of it, um, you know, he said when they came here, they wanted to build a program that was really built on defense, had a strong defense, felt like that's how they could compete in this league. And they, I think they've done that. I think we could all agree they've done that. But the offense has been the issue, especially, you know, last season at times and definitely this season. So hopefully they can bring that same mindset to the offensive side of the ball if they have to make some tough firings or whatever and bring in some new people or whatever to bring in some new ideas and really overhaul that offense and decide what they want to do with it. Uh, I think that they have a chance, but I think that's what they really need to do is they need to hone in. Okay, we had to focus on uh, developing a good defense when we got here. We've done that. Now let's turn our attention to the other side and really hone in on that and have a good offense because uh, next year's big. Like you said, I'm still on the Neil Brown train too. I think you're getting next season no matter what, but it's really going to be a show-me season, not only for the fans because some fans have already you know, started turning out, but the ones that are left that knew that it was a long rebuild is going to be a show-me season for them and for your athletic department, frankly, I think. So hopefully they hone in on that offense. That's what I think really needs to change uh, moving forward. I don't know if you'll be able to do it these last two games. I think it's something in the offseason you're going to have to implement and uh, do almost like a total overhaul. But uh, Bradley, what about you? What needs to change moving forward in your opinion? Honestly, anything. I would take, I would take the most – microcosm of change right now honestly but we have not seen anything change i mean nothing has changed from week one that we've been doing for our football i mean we've seen garrett green get four snaps every now and then every other game garrett green might get four or more snaps i mean the guy didn't even travel this weekend you know injured or not you think the, the guy would still travel with the team that doesn't look good and so like going forward like i just don't you can't keep in – you can't try to save this season with the same stuff you've been putting forward, trying to keep Jarrett Daigie in just for the sake of thinking that's your best option. To I, I don't – leaving Jarrett Daigie in just because he's your best – you think he's your best option to win the games just isn't enough anymore because he's not winning games. You know, I could get that if he, you know, made it competitive or something in the least like that, you know, then I would be at least better – more willing to hear it and – I know the guy hasn't had the best offensive line in front of him, but at some point in time, like, yeah, his interception went off of Winston Wright's hands. But you turn around and look, he's beaming balls two feet above guys' heads. And I get he's shucking it out he, of bounds. He also he also on what I call the, the most pivotal drive of the game through an interception late mm-hmm. in, or early in the fourth quarter, late in the third quarter. When West Virginia had was it they were within one score. It was twenty four to seventeen, I believe. Something around that area. West Virginia no, was dry. Uh, no, what Letty Brown fumbled the ball, but he was down. Then they turned around and Jared Deggy threw another interception. He threw two in the game. I know he threw one late, but I'm I can't remember sure. when we were down seven. I know one of his interceptions came on one of those came on one of those drives, but I know what you're talking about. Letty Brown did fumble the ball, but I thought that was the one they called him down. Yeah, that's when we were down by seven. And then we turn around, we were trying to get a drive going again, and that's when he threw a pick out there in the fucking middle of the Oh, yeah. After, yeah, that was after, yeah, after they, after they got the brown phone. Because yeah, he was just trying to make out. plays, he was just trying to make plays happen. And then, yeah, I, was, oh, sorry, I, I, also, I want to point out, you know, as high as I was on Vandarius Calvin, 
what a that was that absolutely was egregious. classless was egregious. classless hit. Uh, man, that's that like his stupid. third. That's like his third roughing the passion. Yeah. It's just that's just, just stupid. I mean that not a good. It wasn't even. It wasn't even anywhere near the realm of oh I, you know i might be in time to hit him he had the ball out for like two, two to three seconds before he hit him i mean i i don't know that's that kind of stuff to me is why i think that this team has just given up i don't think they're going to be competitive in either of the last two games of this season and i hate to say that because i really would love for west virginia to get a bowl game and be at least be able to play for a bowl this year uh but i i disagree i think if west virginia it depends I'm not saying if they lose these last two games that they'll let Neil Brown go, but I think that, you know, you lose depend, the Kansas, depending on the way I, that they I would lose be these last two I mean, games. I was going to say, if they lose because the right two, now, maybe, I don't want to, I don't want to, let me see. It was, it was 14 to seven earlier. It is uh 14 to seven. Now Kansas over Texas. Wow. Upset potential, you know, and so West Virginia, if they lose these last two games in a non-competitive fashion, like they have several times this year, I don't, I, I don't know that the athletic department is going to let that slide. I, you know what I mean? I, I don't think that that's something that we can accept moving forward because we can accept a rebuild, but with a rebuild comes competitiveness, and West Virginia hasn't shown that. Yeah, and like Jared Diggy, like back to his point. He some of his worst throws weren't even the interceptions. I mean, he had two or three balls today that should have been picked. I mean, really, he had some awful throws today, and it just continuously happens. And then he has like a couple good ones that just like happened to save it, and he showed he had a little bit more feet today, but it's just not enough. Thank God, Caden Prather provided a little bit of a spark today. Oh, that yeah. dude came out and made some catches that we haven't really seen most of the That's year. That's my bright open. spot. Reece Smith Prather also. Today. Yeah, Reece Smith looked good too. First career good. touchdown. Yep. I, yeah, I think then, for Daigie, it's it's like like we've talked about before. It's just not seeing the field. I think that was it was like a third and three when the game was still uh, in hand. I can't remember if it was second quarter or early third quarter, but uh, he goes to a guy that's right there, like double covered, and you see on the replay, no one's within 10, 15 yards of Sean Ryan, and it's just not seeing those wide open people. You know, only you know honing in on one receiver, and then the missed throws out of nowhere. Like he'll he'll look good. Like and then I know he had Winston Wright wide open on an out route one time, sailed it nowhere near and Winston Wright didn't even have a chance and Winston Wright was open, which he had a first down on the play. So it's like like we've said before, when he does make mistakes, when he does have his miscues, they're bad that can cost you games. And that's the issue with with Daggy, I think. Yeah, and then Tony Mathis needs to be getting more touches. The guy needs to be in the game more. He looks good when he's in there. Tony Mathis runs. He runs hard. He's got some quickness to him. I love the way Tony Mathis looks, but he's not getting any touches because we're just leaning on Letty Brown. And, you know, he has not looked great this year behind a mediocre offensive line. He's done well when he's gotten the ball out there, when he's gotten touches, but he's getting beat up. I think that's – They I don't trust the offensive line. That's one of that's one of the biggest harps I would have on Neil Brown and his coaching staff is their inability to play young young guys. Yeah. The young guys have looked good. Wyatt Milam looked great. Caden Prather looked great. Zach Frazier has looked great. Bree Smith has looked good. It, you, you tell me, Bryce Ford Wheaton has been the best. Isaiah Esdell's looked good. Sean Ryan's looked fine. You know they've Although looked good. Esdell's really good. hurt, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, they missed those double practice like, game in the game before. But I'm saying, like, throughout the year, like, those are the people that have like, yeah. looked good. Yeah. But you tell me right now who are the most people impressing you the most. I mean, I mean granted, it's just this game. But Tony Mathis has looked good, and that's a new face. Like, some of these young guys on the front of the line, they've been our best offensive linemen. 
I mean, really and truly, Brandon Yates over there has had a kind of in and out year. Zach Frazier's had a tough year sometimes, but like Doug Nestor's not looked that great. So he had a lot of blown coverages today. And it's just, man, I don't know. You say like, what do we change? Like, I don't know what you do change. Like you can change out your quarterback. You can swap out your running back. But other than that, you can't really swap out your front line very much because like they're not ready. I mean, Jordan White, Jaquay Hubbard, and them might have a chance to step in there. But like, I just don't. Yeah, they don't. They haven't really shown uh, since the bye week. They've almost exclusively been playing the five. They've been playing. You've seen a little Parker Moore a couple times, and then uh, Jaquay Hubbard. You know, today when Brandon yeah. Gates went in, you seen him. So they don't think they really trust. I don't think they really trust the offensive line and run block. And I think they've shown that time and time again this season. And you know, it's like it'll look good early, but then once they start getting behind the chains, they go away from it. And I think I just think it's funny because I was listening to the pregame on the radio before the game, and you know. Uh, Tony's conversation with Neil Brown, he's he specifically said, you know, we're not going to be a team. He said, if we're throwing the ball 40 to 50 times, we're probably not going to win the game or win a lot of those games. And I just look back over the times this season that Jared Dagey has thrown for 40 to 50 times, and it's it's been more often than not. And, you know, this game, the same way. I think he had three for 40 to 50 times. And it's like if you are sitting there saying that you're, it's going to be hard for you to win games like this, then why are we consistently doing that? Is the offensive line that bad, or is it the play calling? I, I don't know. Something's got to change if you don't think we'll be able to win consistently doing that, but we keep doing it. And I think this comes to something where it's just like I feel like what we're being told just isn't syncing up with what we're seeing. And because, like, something that really you're like really irked the shit out of me today in Neil Brown's postgame conference when he was talking about, hey, I can't blame it on the effort of the guys. He said, you know, if it's an effort issue, I'll tell you on Tuesday. He said, but you know, our issue hasn't been effort, our issue's been mistakes. He said, you know, we're not doing what we're coached to be doing. And that comes back to like, well, if it's not their effort, and you go back to a couple years ago, I wrote a post about it because I loved it so much. Neil Brown talking about perfect effort. He didn't need people that were going to get the play right every single time, but if they gave him 100% all the time, then they were going to be successful. Well, if they're giving you the effort that you want, Neil Brown, then like what what's happening? You know, are they being co-strong? It's like something getting miscommunicated in here. Like why are these guys going for ankles? Like that has to come out with coaching. And you can say that, you know, that's not what they've been coached to do, but I'm good teams don't do that. You know, good teams listen to their coach and good teams have good fundamentals. And it just seems to be what we're lacking. And that comes back on, you know, the coaching staff. And, I mean, if you go on to lose these next – if you win or split the next two games, you've got a chance of, you know, kind of dampening some of the noise and not absolutely getting roasted onto the offseason. I think if we lose the next two games, I don't think no Brown's out. But I think that he's going to be hard-pressed to keep any of his offensive staff. And I just don't know how you argue against it. I think he might be already to that point where we're going to see some some changes regardless at this point, I think. Yeah, I mean, offensive I mean, you're staff wise, to, I mean. But if you lose the next two games, I think that it might be you might keep you might keep Chad Scott. I mean, and I that's about it because I think that he's a halfway decent running back coach. But the rest of them, I mean, you're probably just going to have to wholesale whole new offensive squad and I mean that's like you said going into the next year where it's a show me year. You're gonna have a brand new, brand yeah, new offensive coordinator. It's up in the air right now. Up and you've got a freshman coming in, and you know Nico Markill has still looked good. The guy looks great singing "Country Roads" after his big win over a oh, I love that know, a 45 straight win team. And you know, <laughs> I would love to say that he can just walk into here with a veteran offensive line and some veteran wide receivers, but I just don't know. Yeah, I, it's I don't hard know. as and a then, true freshman. Yeah, losing Sam Brown, where Neil Brown just said that's one of our thinnest spots today in the postgame press conference where, you know, that's where we're thin at is, you know, offensive line receivers, defensive backs. You just lost a super talented young wide receiver 
And I don't know why Sam Brown left. I don't know what it's like in that locker room. I thought he had great potential going forward, especially in his yeah. spot, because Sean Ryan and Isaiah Esdell are gone after this year, and he's the next man up. I don't know if he was just upset with not getting enough playing time or not even getting a shot. Maybe he should have gotten a shot. I don't know. And, I mean, I, I hate to say that considering Isaiah Esdell and Sean Ryan have been some of our most consistent wide receivers. But, like, what that that sucks to watch a great talent like that walk. No, no, I agree. It, it does. I hate to see it. But I, I think the writing was on the wall with that one, too, you know, looking at his tweets all year and everything. He was he was mad that he wasn't getting playing time. And I think as well maybe he should be just because, you know, he made plays every time he was in there. But then they just, you know, never really – I don't know if it was a practice thing with him or they didn't – I don't know, did, he didn't do the things they wanted him to do off the field or, or what because he definitely, when he was in the games, definitely showed that, showed that he had it. But um, West Virginia, I think, has the talent on offense – around I think the offensive line is young you just got to hope that they gel and grow up quickly but you know here in two three years I think they'll be a really good offensive line and I think the skill positions have good players I think it's like you guys said it's it's whatever happens at quarterback and it's just going to be hard uh, moving forward with you're going to have a first time starter there probably because uh, some guy somebody said Daigie would be back next year but I don't believe him um <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, you know, it was uh, we were really riding the high there. It's really went from like the highest part of the season was immediately followed by like the lowest part of the season, and it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's been sad. (laughs) Yeah, I think, and I think Iowa State's a team that's kind of like Doctor Jekyll and and Mister Hyde. They uh, end up losing today to Texas Tech, and so I figured might as well uh, talk about some of the scores around the Big Twelve because. That was a one that surprised me. I looked, and Texas Tech was up uh, two or three scores. Iowa State ends up coming back, uh, kicking a field goal. Looks like they're going to force overtime. Instead, uh, Texas Tech drives on the field, kicks a 62-yard field goal uh, to win the game. Um, and look around the Big 12, uh, see what the scores uh, were today. I know Steven Oklahoma said Kansas and Texas. Yeah, Oklahoma went down to Baylor. Uh, dang, Kansas, Kansas is up 35 30, to 14 yes. on Texas right now. It's uh, it's halftime right now at the uh, time that we're uh, doing this live. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you're getting the pre-recorded version. We're live on uh, YouTube and Facebook uh, following the West Virginia games either Saturday or Sunday night for our reaction show. But, uh, yeah, at this time, Kansas is up 35-14 to t- on Texas at halftime. So Texas maybe really lost it. I don't know. Um, you know, that's two teams right now that are really down. I don't know what the attendance is going to be like in Morgantown uh, next week for that one. But uh, yeah, uh, otherwise – Kansas next but, week. But uh, Baylor also yeah. beat Oklahoma today, yeah. gentlemen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah otherwise, we got uh, Oklahoma State's up 14-3 on TCU uh, in the second quarter. Baylor, as you said, beat Oklahoma 27-14, to and Baylor controlled that game. I know it was 24-7 to at one point. Oklahoma even went back to Spencer Rattler, I think, around the second quarter. And um, – you know, it's the Big 12's wide open. I think Oklahoma State's the definite favorite right now after seeing Iowa State go down today again yeah. and, uh, you know, Oklahoma take their first loss. So hopefully, if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma and Bedlam, they won't have to play him again in the Big 12 championship game now and have to play him back to back, back to back weeks. Boo, boo on Lincoln Riley for coming out and saying that Baylor was, uh, Aranda was being a little bit tackless with taking that, you know, field goal or whatever. Oh, yeah, I, 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 think of how many times yeah. that guy's ran it up, though. I feel like yeah, Oklahoma's well, it ran it up on us plenty of times. It was about, it was about tiebreakers, you know. And it's like he wasn't even doing it just to be disrespectful. He was doing it for a reason, you know, because the Big Twelve is one of the only conferences in the in the country that uh, 
scores matter. Like they can go back to it and look at scores to determine tiebreakers for the Big 12 championship. And if you Oklahoma drops another game, then Baylor's got a chance to be in that, and that score might matter. So you know, boo on you, Lincoln Riley, for crying about it, man. That's good football. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree, hundred percent. And then, uh, for as I said, forty-one to thirty-eight, uh, Texas Tech beats Iowa State. So uh, Big Twelve wide open moving forward, gentlemen. Uh, what are you guys thinking as far as the conference? Uh, who, who looks like the favorite to you? I'm going to say Oklahoma State. I think that we took a beating from the Big Twelve champs. It's finally going to end. Oklahoma's running as Oklahoma State uh, wins this conference. So who are you thinking, Bradley? Yeah, I think Oklahoma State has a chance to make uh, a dent in the college football playoffs. I think that they've got the defense to compete with some of the people around the country. I mean, they're one of the best defenses in the country, and I think they're one of the few people that could go toe-to-toe defensively with Georgia. I know that's saying a lot considering Georgia has been absolutely dominant on defense this year. I think they're one of the few teams that can do it. And if they can keep their offensive line, if if they can keep their offense alive at all and score seven points against Georgia, it might be enough in a game like that. And so I think Oklahoma State – is probably going to clear out the rest of the schedule. And, uh, you know, I hope they take it to whoever's in the Big 12 championship, and I'd love to see them in the college football playoff. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think they've got an outside chance if they went out uh, to do it. And, and they they should be in there, like you said, with the defense like that. That's something you want to see take on some of the best teams in college football and be right there. So hopefully they do, and I'd love to see the Big 12 get a team in that's not Oklahoma or in Texas as well. That'd be great. Uh, Stephen, what about you, uh, your Big 12 favorite uh, here is – Near the uh, near the final weeks of the season, only two WVU games left. Only uh, two reaction shows left after this one, boys. Uh, unless we make a bowl game, fingers crossed for that. But uh, what are you thinking for the Big Twelve, Stephen? Uh, I actually like I like Oklahoma. <laughs> um, I think that Oklahoma, just from sheer experience, is probably going to be be there. And I think you know the reason why is because I don't think that. In Bedlam, Oklahoma State's going to be able to win that game. They're going to be able. To, they're going to have to play them two weeks in a row. Okay. I don't know, man. I don't know. I like Oklahoma State. I think they're a good team. Oh. I just think that they're one of those teams that there's a certain point to the at you know at the year that they falter every single time that they're good like this. You know, they did it with Chuba. They've done it with Tyson Wallace. They've done it with you know a bunch of guys before. So I still I like Oklahoma. I-, uh, I think that whatever or whoever they go to at quarterback because, you know, till this point in this se- in, in the season, it hasn't mattered for them. Both have been playing, you know, well enough to win, and they've been playing pretty good ball clubs. And Baylor is not a bad ball club. We've seen that for ourselves. So, oh, yeah. I, I, I still like I Oklahoma. Think, I think Oklahoma's toughest stretch is coming up right now. I think that they've got Baylor today, and then they've got – I don't know who they've got next. Uh, I, I think, think they have, still have Iowa State. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's not going to be a pushover. And then they've got Oklahoma State. I think that Oklahoma might not even be in the Big 12 championship this year. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make it. I I just don't. I I think they will because they they always play their toughest stretch during the last part of the season, and this is when their biggest games always are. The way I look at it is Oklahoma almost lost to us and Kansas, and we can see firsthand that we're not that good. Yeah, but they also lost to Baylor. You know. Who's yeah, but see, but see, the thing that turned their season around was putting Caleb Williams in a team that a player that people uh, okay, seen, well, and now people that, figured him out. By that logic, Iowa State lost to or Iowa State beat Oklahoma State, and we beat Oklahoma or we beat Iowa State. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. pushover. They could turn around and show up next weekend and put Oklahoma down. Because I mean, especially losing a game, finally losing a game where your starting quarterback throws two interceptions, you have to bring in your return starting quarterback, it's going to – that has to fracture a team somewhat. I just don't think that they're strong enough to be able to keep it together this year. 
I think that they just had too much rest on them. I think they're. I think this is going to be a little bit of a fracture for Oklahoma in the Big Twelve this year. I think so too. And as much as I want to say that Oklahoma won't win the Big Twelve, I just have to go with what. It's hard to pick against. Stephen, we're trying to <laughs> yeah. will it into existence. Steven, I know this man, but I'm trying to be right for once. Yeah, we don't I want Oklahoma. Anything, in. Yeah, I never get anything wrong. I didn't say we were going to go ten and two. Not me. Yeah, not this I, I year. Nope. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't say that we were going to have a winning season either. Nope. Yeah, Jared Diggy Cowan was a good football performed. player. Jared Diggy has six percent body fat. <laughs> yep, Jared Diggy. Jeez, uh, this offseason really best receiving core, maybe top to bottom. And I'll tell the you, country, boys, I've guys. learned I've learned a valuable lesson. I'm never listening to Coach speak again. I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna buy in. I'm just gonna kind of go off my own head and then wait till I, I see the team. I can't say the same because I will listen to Bob Huggins. I listen to every well, word uh, basketball is a different vibe. He never told a lie. Right now, okay. nope, I'm not. I'm not doing it. Wait, I want to go back real quick because I haven't been on here since uh, since we played last weekend. Um, I hated that commentator. People were talking about him a lot. I didn't know what that commentator was talking about. He said that we had one of the best offensive lines in the Big 12 oh, this year. I, 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 since Mike when, Gundy planted that bug in his ear because Mike Gundy yeah. had said that in his press conference to try and set, yeah, and up, then, set that up, I guess. but. Yeah, he was talking about how, you know, we needed to rely on our running game because our running game has been our strength this year. Granted, when we hit 100 yards. When we have ran good, but game, when has that been? But we've also been the worst rushing team in the Big 12. <laughs> like, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what he's talking about half the time. And I was just – yeah, he got it right with Jared Daly missing open passes. But I thought that was dumb. I don't um, – yeah, that guy was missing some no, – I agree, some that was somewhere. bad. Well, that's the problem. These announcers that announce your game usually have watched your team play maybe once, once all season and then are just listening to what – the other other opposing coach that's going to that game tells them and what your coaches tell them, and that's how they're coming up with the things that they say because I guarantee that – I mean, he got that from Mike Gundy. So, that's – that's yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I was like, yeah. what, have you watched – you haven't – have you watched any of our games? Our offensive line's been our weakness. You know, you know commentators don't watch our games, guys. Yeah, our offensive line's the best in the Big 12, gives up 10 sacks. <laughs> Literally. Uh, broke, the, uh, broke the school record for uh, most sacks in a game. Jared Dagan, when he took eight against – against Iowa State, and it's been kind of downhill ever since, except for, you know, one quarter of this one where they finally decided to uh, put it together a little bit. So, I guess moving forward, uh, gentlemen, uh, we won't we won't hand out any uh, players of the game in this in this loss. It's kind of hard <laughs> to do it in loss, as always. So, I'll say maybe just give me something that was a bright spot to you, and then uh, what do you think moving forward? Uh, home game against Texas, just early thoughts on that and uh, bright spots that you did get out of this one so we're not – too, too negative, I guess, to just kind of close this out with some bright spots. What do you think, Stephen? Uh, my bright spot was when the clock hit triple zero. Because <laughs> it was finally over. Yeah, it was one of those games, man. And yeah. looking forward to Texas. Very winnable game, home game. Uh, I, I don't know who I'm, I'm picking quite yet, to be to be really honest with you. I tell you right now that I'm probably not going to pick West Virginia. Maybe not the rest of the season. Never been one to be that kind of negative fan, but they have not shown me any kind of progression at any point in the season this year, other than maybe from week one to or week two to week three in the Virginia Tech game. And thank God for that. Because if we had to go, if we had to live this season with all of that on our heads too, it would have been. Yeah, a lot worse. Not saying that it's any better. I'm just, but well, listen. I think looking back, I should have, I should have, you know, not tried to uh, convince myself that the old theory wasn't true that 
when we beat Maryland, we have a good season. When we don't beat Maryland, we're not very good. I think that game really showed me a lot of the writing on the wall. I think that's one of the reasons I've been the negative Nancy this season is that game really just showed me I just don't know if this team had it offensively. And there's been some bright spot games where they made me think maybe they would turn a corner, but it's just been those games have been anomalies. And I think looking back, you know, as always has been the case, uh, beat Maryland, good season, don't beat Maryland, you know, six and six or worse usually. And um, here we are again. So next time I'm not going to try and convince myself. Next time we play Maryland, I'm going to kind of judge it on that barometer game like we always say. But uh, moving forward, I don't know, I think – uh, beating Texas would be huge. Like you said, you beat Virginia Tech also would go a long way with this fan base if you beat Texas and what could be Texas's last time coming to Morgantown. So hopefully that motivates you. Hopefully there's some decent a decent crowd. I just don't know. I'm kind of worried about uh, fans showing up for that one. But, I'll be but there. we'll see two games left. Yep, the true fans will be there, of course. Two fans left. I mean, two fans left. No, there might only be two fans left. You might not be wrong. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but two games left. Uh, you got to win both to get to bowl eligible. I got to think that this team hopefully uh, gives it their best shot and puts their best foot forward. Uh, moving ahead. So that's what I'm hoping for. That's my bright spot is that you still have a chance to reach bowl eligibility and then possibly win a bowl game and get to the seven wins, which I said was the mark that would make me happy because that would continue the uh, quote unquote, quote unquote, is that the word button? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Quote Good unquote climb. That's, that's a tongue twister for you right there because you go from five wins to six wins to seven wins. So that's my bright spot is two games left. Uh, Still hope. You know, I'm always trying to be be hopeful, even though I've been the negative one this year. Uh, Bradley, what about you? Yeah, my bright spot, I thought – I've I've been so excited about Caden Prather, so I'm glad to see him just get some playing time today. And actually, he looks so good. And I think that he's he's probably the future at our wide receiver position, to be honest. And I was, I'm glad to see him put up 60 yards and make some good catches and really make an impact. And, you know, I was kind of worried about him hitting the transfer portal this year, so I'm hoping – him getting some some yards and some catches in a big time – not a big time game, but in a game uh, will kind of dampen that down a little bit for him because I think he was also a little bit frustrated with not playing. Um, so I was glad to see him. I thought he was a bright spot. Um, going forward, I think two of our three most winnable games of the year are ahead of us, right next to LIU. And, uh, yeah, which sucks. But, I mean, Texas is just as bad, if not worse, than Kansas, and Kansas is always Kansas. And I even think at our worst playing this year that we've still been better than an average Kansas team. So um, I think that the Big 12 is having an up year outside of everybody but us, Texas, and Kansas. So Seems um, that way. I've yeah, learned my lesson on saying that West Virginia should win games or, you know, yeah. are going to win games that they should win because they haven't shown up. Yeah, so, yeah that's, that's yeah. what's going to really stink is if uh, – the difference from making a bowl game and not making a bowl game is choking one at home against Texas Tech by a three-point game that you, you should have won. That's yeah. a Texas yeah. Tech team that was down all those players. I also want to make a point that I don't think that – I think that there will be at least four receivers transfer out there in this offseason. Wow, that's a high I really do. Well, I mean, I one's – are, are you counting Sam Brown, so three more or is what you're saying? or? And you're saying transfer out? So, like, Sean Ryan and Isaiah Asdell are graduating. Well, they not, can come I'm not back. saying that they will the all be starters. Yeah. I'm saying there will be at least four receivers and maybe others on this offense that transfer out because yeah. – I couldn't even tell you four. If we're already seeing big-time, <laughs> big names like that transfer out, I mean, and that it doesn't end there. Kerry Martin transferred out, you know. DeVille Washington was a wide receiver, right? Um. 
and he transferred. He, I think Deville yeah, Washington's so. a wide receiver, and he transferred. Yeah. There's, well, he there's moved, been he a had bunch moved of the linebacker this year, but yeah, he was. That's what I. That's okay. I thought I was going to yeah. say cornerback, but I remember he switched yeah. to defense. Yeah. Yeah. His highlight tape was wide receiver. He wants to go back to being a wide receiver. Yeah, I'd say so. I, I just that's what my heart feels, and the way the transfer portal works, you know, in this day's game, I I really do. I feel like there's going to be a lot of a lot of changes made to this offense going forward. I don't think we're even half of these guys on this year's offense, whether that be from the line to the receiving core to the running backs to the quarterback. I don't think that the starters that will be on the team next year are on this year's roster. That's a scary thought for yeah. – Very for scary. Brown, sure. I, and yeah, I'm not saying that it's, it's a It's going to be thing. an important year for Neil Brown. You know, it's it's going to be really, really vital. Changes need to be made, as, but – As shocked as I'd be if he anything happened to him at the end of this season – I would be just as shocked if there's a similar season next season and something doesn't happen at the end of that fourth year. So um, as, as secure as I feel like he is for this season, he's definitely going to be on the hot seat, especially if Washington doesn't make a bowl game. Making a bowl game might be his saving grace that keeps the seat still kind of uh, close to warm, but you know, not hot like it'd be if he doesn't make a bowl game. So uh, I guess before we close this out, one final question moving forward. I know we talked about the quarterback play. We talked about the offensive struggles being kind of what's held this team back. Two games left. Does Bruce Crowder play for West Virginia in either of those two games? Uh, Bradley, what do you think? Man, I, I would love to see Goose play. I, I'd probably like to see Goose play more than I'd like to see Garrett Green play. But every everything in me tells me it's not going to happen. Neil Brown hasn't changed one thing this year. He's not going to start with the last two games left. Steven? Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't see it happen. And I want it to happen, but I don't I don't see it happening. Even with Gary hey, Green. I keep trying to will stuff into existence. I'm trying to will it too, man. Good. But I Call Neil Brown does not here. want to make things reality. Neil Brown was look I'm I hate being so negative on him because I've been so positive on him during his tenure here. But he has let things become stagnant to a point that it's it's humiliating as a fan base to watch. It's humiliating, humiliating as a fan base, as as someone who has backed him up the entire time that he's right. been here. It's yeah, it's embarrassing. Said, I mean, we've all to been on his back. Yeah. Continuously see that product be put onto the football field and continue to go out there and and <laughs> play up, games man? in the fashion that we've that we've. Uh, <laughs> That we've uh, got, my, got my cat making an appearance on the show. What's up, Cosmo? Like, what these bright lights. Yeah, I just I don't see he's not anything changing, changing. other than stepping away from play calling. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that Jared Dickey could break both of his legs and have a broken forearm, and he could still go out there and start quarterback for WVU this year just because his name's Jared Dickey. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Before this game today, I would never wish an injury on anybody. But I was like, if Jared Daigie's gonna ever get injured, I want it to be this game because I want to see Goose not get green. Nah, I would never wish an injury on him. But that's what I've talked about. I'm much as I'm now officially like out on Daigie. You know, I had my had my moments with him and stuff. I think I'm out on Garrett Green, boys. I think it's Nico and Goose moving forward. I think that's the future. Has to be. I think so too. But I think Neil Brown needs to. Needs to come to Jesus meeting in terms of who he's going to start a quarterback next year, and I get that. I get that he doesn't want to listen to fans and he doesn't want to listen to you know people tell him how to run the program. And it's been most of the fan base this this season calling for Garrett Green. You you've got to be able to see who makes your team a better team on Saturdays. I don't care what they do throughout the week in practice. I don't care if they're Michael Jordan all week and they show up on Saturday and they can't even. You know, 
<laughs> can't even throw the yep. football because that's well, listen, that's Jared Diggy. He can't. He can't throw that's, the football. That's Let that's what I'm worried about with Neil Brown. As much as we backed him and everything, and I think right now the the criticism is there. Is it's okay to be critical right now with what's going on, um, even if you do back him? Because we do we do back him. We've said you know here we think it's a five year rebuild, but I think. To me, um, and rest in peace to him. Uh, but Bill Stewart, I think, would have been you know a great football coach had he had the right coordinators in place and the right assistants in place. And I think defensively he did. But on offense, you know, he went with Jeff Mullen and never changed that up. And I think that doomed him and led to him losing his job. And I'm hoping I'm not seeing history repeat itself and the same thing happened for Neil Brown and him to having his loyalty to his Troy assistance on offense not cost him his job because he he also is, seems like a coach that needs to have the right players on his staff in order to be successful. And I think on defense he does, but on offense he does not. And let's just hope and pray that in this offseason um, he gets that worked out and does uh, not make that same mistake that could cost him his job moving forward because um, it's heading that way. It's going to – these last two games are very important for his future and definitely, as we said, next year is the, is the show-me year. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. I, I, you know, uh, we yeah. haven't been this low many times in in my lifetime as a WVU fan, but can't say that I like to get used to this. <laughs> no, no, no one does. Got to expect, no. got to expect better. Hopefully, We're eleven win team. Next and in my opinion, it's a down year for the Big Twelve so. Conference. That's that's yeah, what's bad moment. Over it's 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 a weird it's a weird year. I think definitely because Oklahoma is still up there, but it's like they're not their typical Oklahoma. Texas is awful, and then you know got Baylor really being the late. surprise team. Yeah, Kansas Baylor's State's really coming on late. People didn't see Iowa yeah, State's Oklahoma not exactly has, as good as everyone thought they'd be. Oklahoma has a chance of finishing fourth in the conference if they don't win out. <laughs> you know, like if they lose out, you know. Yeah, that's what that it's gonna crazy. it's gonna be like a there's such a little distance from like the first place team to like the fourth place team because everyone's gonna have like one or two losses. Even the good teams have like beat each other. It seems like, with the exception of Oklahoma, who just took their first today, but I think they'll take another. So, yeah. One so thing I will dis- you, one thing I will disagree with you on, Bradley, is yeah. I don't care who makes it to if if whether it be Oklahoma State or Oklahoma, if either one of those teams makes it to a playoff game. And they play Georgia. Georgia is going to slaughter that team. Probably. I don't, team think, I don't think anyone. I don't think either team has the firepower to keep up. Yeah, I think that just Oklahoma has the defensive firepower to kind of like keep it like a seven nothing game. That's why I said, you know, if Oklahoma State can get in there, if they can just score one touchdown, it might be enough. Yeah. Yeah, right. it's going to be a defensive defensive battle with Georgia. But I don't think anyone's beating Georgia this year. But. Um, that being said, I guess uh, we're getting ready to close this one out here for the Kansas State reaction. We'll be back uh, later this week with for the uh, Texas preview. As always, uh, follow us on Twitter at WVU Country Roads. I uh, got the live tweets going in the game. Always fun on Saturdays, and then you know check us out here on YouTube, Facebook, whichever for our live streamed reaction show, either on Saturday or Sunday. Following the game, we'll have our Texas reaction next week, and you can tune into our social medias to see what time that'll be. And then, of course, we'll flip it into a podcast where you can hear the pre-recorded version of the reaction show uh, from that week's game. But um, that being said, any final thoughts, gentlemen, anything you guys want to add in here before we get ready to close out another good uh, reaction show with y'all fellas. Uh, Like I said before, we just need definite change. Don't know where those changes lie, but we need to see them. Um, Other than that, I'm glad it's basketball season. We're going to have another, another W uh, CRW rather hoops. CRW hoops. Coming at you again tomorrow. 
So be on the lookout for that. that after this. Yep, yep West Virginia. Yep. It's gonna be in the Just can and uh, pit, be out so. hopefully tomorrow. Yeah, you should pit. We got that. So, all right, sounds like a plan, boys. Looking forward to it. So you got CRW hoops episode coming this week, as well as uh, the Texas preview edition of this here uh, Country Roads Webcast football side. So two both uh, sides of the shows going. Yep. Oh, two hoop shows coming this week. So hopefully three episodes coming from this uh, the Country Roads Webcast this week, not including this one. So three more, and then of course the Texas reaction again next week. Um, either probably around this time or uh, on Sunday, but uh, we'll just see how schedules line up for that one. Uh, Bradley, what about you? Any final thoughts? Got, uh, just horns down. Just horns down. Hate week, man. Yep, horns down always. I think uh, you know be, would us. be big. <laughs> Being Texas big, I think for this fan base, just as Steven said, the Virginia Tech win, win was big. I think beating Texas would be another big one. So horns down definitely and. Uh, Two of the biggest games of uh, Neil Brown's West Virginia career up to this point probably coming up on. And the first one is up against Texas, and we'll be back to preview it later this week. Uh, that being said, this has been the Country Roads webcast. Uh, check us out on any podcast platform you prefer. We're on all of them. Just search Country Roads webcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many others. Uh, like us and leave us a rating if you like. Tell us how good we are, how bad we suck, you know, whichever. doesn't matter. The rating helps, and uh, sharing it around still helps us grow. So uh, fourth year of the Country Roads webcast, continuing to uh, try and make the show grow. CRW Hoops coming this week. Texas Preview coming this week. As always, I'm your host, Jordan. And for Steven and Bradley, until next time, let's go Mountaineers.